Chapter Seven of Grandpa's Darlings by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven: Going Shopping. You can't think what pretty ways of coaxing Minnie had. She didn't tease, nor whimper, nor whine, but right into the midst of your talk, perhaps, would come a pair of soft arms about your neck, and sweet little kisses would be laid gently on your cheek, on your nose, on your chin while the pleading eyes besought you for some favor that you had almost refused, and the tongue said never a word. She and Mama had come down the hill to have an after-dinner chat with Grandma and the rest of us. Papa had come as far as the door, had been kissed by his darling, eleven seven times, her warmest token of love, and had gone to his office. The small lady stood on a low stool, and her pretty, rosy lips were temptingly near to Mamma's ear, but she did not whisper, she only kissed. "'That child is coaxing for something, I know,' said Grandma, breaking into the midst of a sentence. "'What is it she wants?' "'She wants some nuts,' said Mamma, laughing to think how plainly Grandma understood her darling's pretty ways." I have almost promised her some for several days. But, Minnie, don't you see there is no one to go with you after any? Several days is a good while for a child like her to wait, said Grandma, somewhat grimly. I know it is, but I always forget it when I am down street. Auntie Bell, I don't suppose you want to take her down now, do you? It is too warm to think of doing that or anything else that makes it necessary to move said i lazily auntie duel had a brilliant thought just then why don't you let her go by herself it is only around the corner and she knows the way as well as you do fiddlesticks said grandma that baby though to be sure she added reflectively you went of errands for me at her age meantime minnie's face was aglow with delight and her tongue forgot its silence do let me she said eagerly do let minnie she knows just where to go well said mamma amused at the idea of making her baby useful you may go get your hat and take your little basket on your arm you may get a pint here is the money a pint can you remember oh remember of course she could she was all in a whirl of pleasure and kissed auntie duel three times even in her haste because she had the delightful thought from door to window we watched the wee white-robed maiden start out into the world for the first time alone i am afraid she will get run over said grandma why she doesn't have to cross the street said mamma it is just around the corner but if she meets a large dog she will be afraid then auntie duel who had been at the bottom of the whole proceeding suddenly lost faith in her plan and turned eagerly to me you are all dressed suppose you run around the corner and keep an eye on her you needn't let her see you what a very brilliant brain you have this afternoon i said sleepily but i hunted my hat in haste and went and this is the way I came to know about the funny thing that happened. Through the crowd of men and boys, cigar smokers and tobacco spitters and the like, who stood around the corner, 
Minnie quietly picked her way, I following at a safe distance, until she went slowly past the three large stores, looking earnestly up at the windows, and at the fourth she dodged in, something in the window had remembered the place for her. It was a favorite store, but not a busy hour, and a dozen or more men were standing around, most of them waiting for the mail that was being distributed in the post office next door. In the midst of this unknown crowd stood Minnie, a shy, sweet little speck. She had never been among strangers before without having a tight hold of some friendly hand. I stepped just inside, behind the shadow of a box, and watched. The buzz of tongues was suddenly checked, and one large, rough man said, "'Hallo, here is an angel right in our midst.' "'She isn't an angel,' said another. "'She is a fairy.' "'Hey, little fairy queen, where is your train?' Gravely sweet and dignified stood Minnie, a good deal startled, very much wondering, but not afraid. Nobody ever hurt her. She hadn't the least idea that anybody ever would. One of the clerks who knew her now came forward and asked her errand. On him Minnie bestowed a shy, happy smile. It was very pleasant to have found a friend." The store was very still while she earnestly told what she wanted. A pint of peekers. A pint of what? said the astonished clerk, and the lookers-on laughed loud and long. But the clear voice steadily repeated its errand. A pint of peekers. Well, said the clerk, I declare I'm muddled. We've got almost everything in our line that has ever been heard of, but this is the first time that a pint of peekers has ever been called for. What in the world can she mean? Are you sure, child, that you have got it right? Yes, she was sure. Minnie always was sure of everything. Ask her to describe them, suggested one man, and the clerk, catching at the idea, asked what they looked like. Poor Minnie blushed over this. They were brown, she said and speckled a little, and all smooth and pretty. Then they all laughed again, and I, behind my big box, laughed too, and wondered which was the greater dunce, Minnie for not telling him that they were nuts, or he for not asking whether peekers were to eat, or drink, or wear, or what. "'Well,' said the puzzled clerk at last, my small lady, I guess you will have to go home and tell your mamma that we don't keep peekers. But at this Minnie shook her brown head very decidedly. That would be a story, she said gravely. You do, for I've seen him right here in your store lots of times. Oh, ho, you have. If that's so, you can tell when you see them again, I presume. Well, now, young lady, I'll tell you what we'll do. You and I will take a walk, you may walk on the counter, and I'll walk behind it, and we'll look into every box and drawer and keg in this store until we find peekers. Will that do? Minnie nodded gravely, and he carried her in triumph to the further counter, the men following to see the fun. Very busily she began to look up and down the rows of shelves and into drawers, as one after another was opened for her inspection. Presently the clerk bethought himself to ask another question. Where do we get them from when you come to buy them? 
away down there out of a drawer said minnie confidently pointing with her small finger to the furthest end of the long store then what a chorus of laughter there was why in the world didn't you tell me that before said the laughing clerk then we wouldn't have wasted our time in looking up here you didn't ask me said minnie sweetly and simply i thought maybe you kept them in lots more places sure enough said the laughing lookers-on you thought he knew his own business without you teaching him didn't you then they went down to the lower end of the store and i coming out of my retreat followed behind the others the clerks knew me very well and smiled and bowed enjoying the fun the only one of them who didn't see me was the one who was so industriously waiting on minnie it was very funny to see her her face so quiet and grave began to wear a very anxious look she had been a long time away perhaps she would have to go home without her treasures after all she could not point out the drawer so one after another was opened until suddenly the sober look on her face gave way to one of great delight and she said in a shrill little voice that rang through the store there there they are peekers ever so many of them please give me a pint pecans as i live said the astonished clerk what a dumbhead i was not to think of them things always do seem so clear and plain you know after you have been told all about them well she carried home the pint of peekers in triumph and we all shared them in the evening i had been telling the story over to grandpa especially dwelling on the to me very funny part that she didn't when asked to describe them say that they were nuts that isn't so very funny said grandpa at least it isn't very strange older people than she and those who are supposed to be wiser do queer things in that line what do you suppose my experience has been i have been half of this afternoon engaged in trying to find out the road to deerfield i wanted to map it out so clearly that when i started there would be no time wasted in correcting mistakes i went over to judge bryan's i happened to know that he had had occasion to drive there several times and i thought he would be likely to know the way i wish i could remember the directions he gave me i was not to turn at the red schoolhouse nor the stone schoolhouse and there was a turn to the left just past the red schoolhouse that i wasn't to take or else i was to and he wasn't quite certain which and then i was to go on about three miles or perhaps four or it might not be more than two and there the road forked and i was to take the road that passed the mill about a mile ahead i got into a complete fog and i guess he did the more he told me the turns not to take and the red houses to pass the less i knew his daughter louise was moving around in the library putting up the books and after a while she gave her attention to us pretty soon she said to me why isn't it to deerfield that you wanted to go yes i said it was then she turned her gray eyes on her father well father said she wouldn't it be well to tell him to follow the creek yes yes said the judge why of course certainly child you're right that is the whole story in a nutshell just follow the creek 
so you needn't laugh at Minnie's description of peekers any more. Grandpa walked back and forth through the long sitting room in silence for some minutes, then he halted again by my chair. You are a Sunday school teacher, he said earnestly. Don't you go to giving your scholars just such easily understood directions about finding Christ and heaven as Minnie gave the clerk and Judge Bryan gave me. I've seen that done before now, and it is a much sadder mistake than about pecans or the road to Deerfield. I wondered then, and I have often wondered since, whether there was such a thing as a story so funny or so pointless that Minnie's grandpa and my dear father could not get some helpful lesson from it for himself and for me. After that, I tried to teach my class in Sunday school the plain way to heaven. End of chapter 7